Welcome to Do That Well, a podcast that explores every aspect of the human experience. We are your hosts, Karen Thrall and Brenda Brown, and this is Season 3, Episode 18. And today we are talking about emotional intelligence. And Brenda, you found a great article. It's written by psychologist Heather Craig from Australia, and she breaks down the research that has been going on for the last three decades on the topic of EQ. And I did notice, and you did too, Brenda, that one of the scholars in particular that we'll be referring to is John D. Mayer, the professor of psychology at the University of New Hampshire. Such good information in this uh, article, and I'm excited to uh, talk with you, Brenda, and explore it with you. And what we're going to be doing today is we found something out really interesting, that did you know that there are five key components associated with the emotional quotient? With, with EQ. And today we're going we're gonna to delve into two of those, and this will be a, part, a two-part series. Um, the first one is self-aware. The second one for emotional intelligence is self-regulate. The third is social skills. The fourth is empathy. And the fifth is motivation. And for today, we're going to focus on self-aware and self-regulate. Here we go. Brenda, I'm passing the baton to you. You're going to kick us off on today's episode. Thank you. Consider the baton passed. Uh, <laughs> uh, before I say anything else, I want to highlight in your intro, Karen, you mentioned that a lot of this work has been in the last 30 years, the last three, you know, three decades. And to me, I just find that mind blowing. As we started to look into this topic of emotional intelligence, the emotional emotion quotient, I did not realize that so much of the theory and the research and our understanding of it, you know, currently (laughs) uh, really started developing in the 1990s. And of course, this idea of emotional intelligence, emotional quotient has you know, has existed before the 1990s, but the breadth of the research really started Mm -hmm. around then. Um, So I just think that's a really interesting part of this conversation. So I wanted to pull that from your intro and highlight that for a moment, because I think that's so cool. I wonder if, um, and this is just me talking, so I'm not sure, but I wonder if in the past, the centuries before us, the thousands of years before us, if it was considered philosophical instead of intelligence, or right. if it was soulish or spiritual or something, and if it was just never associated with intelligence, which is mind-blowing because there's so much in this article really goes into it of how beneficial it is to be emotionally intelligent. So right. I, yeah. I wonder why it's only in the last 30 years. That is a good question. And, and now you have my wheels turning because <laughs> I do think that perhaps it's because it's this sort of intelligence has been attributed to other things. As you said, perhaps it's been attributed to being philosophical or spiritual, or uh, you're just somebody that's very emotional. But I think as I, and I'm assuming we'll get here as we have our conversations, but this idea of how the emotions really do correlate to intelligence, um, actual, the intelligence quotient itself, as well Mm -hmm. as how there really is, uh, an intelligence to be had within 
emotions. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm excited. This is a topic um, we could spend yeah. hours on. <laughs> and I, I, I think too, what's going to be very empowering for people listening. If you could, if you, if you label yourself or if you consider yourself or see yourself as somebody who's highly emotional, this is an incredible, this will be very encouraging for you. If you consider yourself or label yourself as somebody who's not emotional, this is going to be very encouraging for you exactly. because it's associated with intelligence. And these five components that we're talking about, they unpack the intelligence of emotion, five key areas of your life. And I think there's something for everybody in this episode. I agree. So before we get all the way into it, uh, as you mentioned, Mayor is one of the people that came up a lot as we were doing our research and he defines the emotional intelligence, or I don't know that he defines it this way, but he has said about the emotional intelligence or the emotion quotient that it concerns the ability to carry out accurate reasoning about emotions and the ability to use emotions and emotional knowledge to enhance thought. So when we talk about emotional intelligence and the emotion quotient, during this conversation, this is the, the definition or the, the idea that we have in our minds. So I love that. And again, my favorite is that it says it, it enhances thought. And I think a lot of times there's a stigma with emotions that it's irrational. Right. You know, it gets labeled as irrational. And what this article and what the research is showing is emotions actually create a rational thinking and I, again, I'm going to say the word again, but I find that really empowering. Uh, that that is that is the gift of emotions and something that we can all learn to be better at. Agreed. And I think what's also very encouraging, and you just said it in a way, you know, that we're all going to be learning. <laughs> uh, but I think what was really encouraging to me as well, and I hope will be encouraging for our audience as they listen is that these are skills that can be learned. It's not like you're born with it or you're not. You you know, you may have a natural innate emotion quotient that is a little higher or lower than other people, but these are learnable skills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And you know, okay, so then you, you got me thinking about this. You know that whole expression of emotional maturity like right. you notice we don't say intelligent maturity, intelligence maturity. We don't right. say that. But we say emotional, emotional maturity. Right. And I think too in that as well as there's this this path we're on with our emotions is leading us to a place of of being mature with our emotions. Mm-hmm. And um which is and that just complements what you just said that it is learnable. These are all learnable things that we can all draw from to mm-hmm. be emotionally mature. <laughs> right. Okay, so I do want to... I, oh, go ahead, because I, I, I had one other thought. Oh, I was just going to say, off of what you were just saying, uh, this maturity thing and how we don't necessarily <laughs> say intelligence maturity. Yeah. And I, I can't help but wonder, or my mind goes to this place of, because we don't teach emotion, like, we don't teach <laughs> people how to be emotionally... Uh, intelligent we do teach people how to be book smart yes but emotional intelligence is something that typically in our society is just more so learned 
So it's interesting even like this word of maturity, like it kind of implies that, well, you should just be learning emotional intelligence through living life. But what if, what if we just teach it? Oh man, it's okay, Brenda. <laughs> it's okay. You know, I thought, I thought like you have your math class, English class, science class, emotion class. Right. Okay, so on that then, I do want to share, I think it's my favorite quote in the article. And again, we will, we will put the link to this article for those of you who want to read it and get all the good juicy stuff out of it. Um, it's uh, by the author, Heather Craig. She goes, why bother studying EQ? Well, can you imagine a world in which you didn't understand any of your feelings or where you couldn't perceive that another person was angry with you by the ferocious look on their face? It would be a nightmare. Emotional intelligence is everywhere we look. And without it, we, I love this part, we would be devoid of a key part of the human experience. And that to me, yeah, that just sums it up nicely. All right. So you, you start us, Brenda. Self-awareness. Here we go. (laughs) So as you mentioned, Karen, there are five, you know, main legs of emotional intelligence, uh, And we are going to talk about two of them today, uh, starting with self-awareness. So self-awareness is the ability to recognize and understand your emotions. Um, So the key to me in this is the understanding bit. Uh, If I may share a story from my personal life. I was a person who, as a younger person, uh, had a lot of adults telling me that I was very emotionally mature, or they would say things like, oh, you're wise for your age, or you're beyond your years. I had a lot of that language being uh, used. And so I internalized this message that I was a very self-aware and emotionally mature little individual. And fast forward to being an adult and no longer having older people telling me these things about myself. And I realized um, that self-awareness isn't really self-awareness if it doesn't have that component of understanding your emotions. So for me, I was always recognizing my emotions. I knew if I was in a bad mood or if I was throwing my root around or if maybe I was holding my body in a way that was making other people uncomfortable or whatever. But I didn't necessarily also understand why I was having those emotions or why I had those feelings. So I think this is a very small differentiation to make, but for me, uh, that makes a big difference in how I actuate self-awareness because without that understanding component, you're not actually being self-aware. So that's where I'm going to start with that one. Okay. I have a question on that one. So I absolutely love what you said, that you can be aware of your emotions and you can call them what they are, angry, sad, afraid, hurt, happy. And you can be aware, but true self-awareness is not, not only be able to call what the emotion is, but understand why the emotion is there in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Or sometimes even just identifying 
the emotion itself. I think for me, sometimes the emotion is just, it's just energy and I know there's emotion, Mm -hmm. but I may not even have gotten to the point of identifying it as sadness versus anger Mm -hmm. versus nervousness or excitement, perhaps. Um, I think for myself, sometimes it's just like this emotion blanket that's being thrown at me, but I don't Mm -hmm. know what's it's woven from the hmm. weird analogy. No. Okay. Um, I, I, let's put a pin in it because I, I have some thoughts, but I want to formulate them a bit more. Cause I, but I, so can we come back to that? Cause I think it's, yeah, it's a really yeah. powerful, it's a powerful way to start the self-aware component of EQ. So I just think that there's a lot to unpack on what you said. Okay. The second one is a sense of how one's actions, moves and emotions about it. This is why I want to put a pin in it. Cause okay. Yeah. They're related. Yeah. The second one is sense, a sense of how my actions, moods, and emotions. No, 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 no. This is what's mind blowing. It's the sense of how one's actions, moods, and emotions of others take effect. So then what I want to say on that is when you pulled out the word understand, it has a lot of layers to it Mm because this one's the hard one for me. When somebody is having an emotional something, it, it truly does affect me. And I don't, I think it's me. I think something's, what's wrong with me? And all it is, is I'm being very sensitive or I'm very aware of them, but I don't understand that it's them. Right. I lack understanding that it's them having the emotional experience, not me. It's just that I'm sensitive to it. Right, right. Definitely. And I, I can commiserate with that. And I think... I think perhaps when I refer to sometimes just feeling the emotion and not necessarily oh. knowing what it is, or I think perhaps um, I'm using that to also explain what you're talking about because mm. it is sometimes it might be an emotion that I'm picking up from somebody else. And so then that adds to the complexity for myself of like, where is this emotion coming from? Is this emotion mine? Is this emotion the person sitting next to me? So like, that's the first piece. Mm-hmm. And then once I've identified, okay, it's their emotion or it's my emotion, then, then it goes further. Right. It's so like you said, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a very, there's a lot of parts I think mm-hmm. that go into the, just the understanding piece. Okay. So this is new for me. This is only in the, maybe the last two, three years, maybe three years max maximum. Um, I'm doing this thing where if I walk into a room, uh, like a, a building, not not a familiar, an unfamiliar place, and I walk in, and my mood changes, or I might start feeling a little agitated or something. I just, some, I just don't feel this, the way I when I walked in is not the same way I'm feeling. I am just now over the last two three years max recognizing that that is somebody else's emotions and not mine. I'm just now learning that because, and I have to like really talk myself, like, like as soon as I experience any type of a negative emotion, maybe it's stress, frustration, impatience, rudeness. I mean, I I have to go, I did not create this. Okay. Listen, you did not create whatever's going on. You did not. That's you, you were, you just walked in the door. You got nothing here. This is not your creation. Just let it go. 
let it go. You don't know the whole story. And we've have done episodes about that perspective thing where we have to learn right. someone else's story. So on that one, I find I'm that is a new muscle and growing where I I'm was I feeling this way two minutes ago? No, then this is most likely not you. And I mm-hmm. think that might be fit into that category. Of, yeah, I would think mm-hmm. so. Uh, that, yes, this idea of self-awareness. Um, it, I think what's interesting in your example, it's like, and I know, again, we'll get to self-regulation in just a second. So this <laughs> right, no, it's so good. It's, it's so kind good. of all related, so it'll start <laughs> to really like come together, I swear. Um, <laughs> but I, I feel like in your example, you, you're, I'm starting to see how... So self-awareness. So you're being self-aware that you're picking up on someone else's emotion. But what's happening is the person who's throwing the emotion around either isn't being self-aware or yeah. they're not self-regulating. Yeah. <laughs> and that puts more homework, more work up for me to do. Right. So it's interesting how it. the interplay there. Yeah, it is. Because I feel like the boundaries get a little skewed like where where does you know your responsibility of this emotion begin and end sort of thing Mm -hmm. and again that it just goes back to that understanding like really Mm -hmm. having an understanding of the emotions Mm -hmm. all right well the the next one is something I find really cool and um it's the third component to self-awareness uh is it keeping track of emotions keeping track of your emotions, noticing different emotional reactions and identify the emotions correctly. And I just think that is wisdom. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if, um, if something is affecting me, I want to take note of it. Wow, that really affects me. And in another day, a similar situation happens and it, it has the same emotional effect on me then I, it, it's a good idea for me to keep track. If it keeps getting that kind of emotional response from me, it's a good idea for me to keep track of that. Two things. One is, what do I do about it? And two is, is this the right environment for me to be in? Mm-hmm. So if a similar story, maybe the players are changing, but that similar kind of thing is happening and it, it causes me to feel a certain way that I don't like, it's okay for me to remove myself from that type of environment because it's, it's repeating this emotion and I, it's just not a healthy environment for me to be in. Or I say, so, so how are you going to interact with this environment, with this person, this story, this situation? So either way, but keeping track of it and taking note and go, wow, there it is again. There it is again. I don't know if we do that. I think we treat every situation as its own unique thing. Right. But if we can see our own emotional patterns, that's like a map for us to to help understand what's going on. So it's another form of understanding. Mm-hmm. And it's a tool at the same mm-hmm. time, right? Like that's that's a tool that will enable you to learn and and be able to gain yourself awareness and grow it as you move forward. Um, so to go back to what I was saying at the beginning, you know, that we don't really teach emotional intelligence. Uh, and I think, I mean, there are 
several hundred guidebooks probably about how to be emotionally <laughs> intelligent, but there's not like one definitive source of truth about how to be emotionally intelligent. And so uh, what I appreciate with what you're saying in pointing that out, Karen, is that you you can even use tracking behavior as a form of, of learning mm-hmm. so that you can get better at this skill. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a way you would learn a different skill, right? Take notes, keep track of things. <laughs> so why would emotions be any different? You know, I have a memory. Uh, I was working several, a long time ago, many years ago, and I had an emotional reaction in a conversation. And then I got really distraught about it. And then the next day I sent an email apologizing for my emotional reaction. Hmm. That sounds noble, but I never stopped to keep track of it and ask myself, why? Like that whole thing of understanding, do you understand why that upset you? But I just swept it away and just apologized because it was the right thing to do. Right. I don't think I would do that this time, these years later in my life. I think I would take the time to understand why it upset me and then revisit the conversation. Right. And say, I, it was that wasn't okay with me or that didn't sit right with me. And can we try it again? Because... I, I might have misunderstood you, but wow, did did it ever push my buttons? I think I I think I would not just say oh sorry anymore. Mm-hmm. I think I would want to actually explore it more. So mm-hmm. um, another and what made me say that is um, it's the next one was recognizing how we feel and what we do are related. So that's the other one is when I feel something and I do something about it, they're actually related. So for me to feel away and then apologize for it, that's unrelated. Right. But if I feel something and I understand it and it requires an apology, then it's all related. Then it's related. Right. But we, we can't take out that emotional intelligence does not remove the understanding of it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that's why when we started reading this and I read the recognize and understand, I really clombed onto that sentence because it was the first time that it ever really sunk into me. Like, Oh, you need to understand the emotions. Like the self-awareness isn't good enough. If you just know they're there, you have to really understand why they're there, where they're coming from, what you want to do with them. Like you Mm -hmm. said, is, is it going to turn into an apology? Is it going, like, Mm -hmm. what are you going to do with the emotion? Mm -hmm. Um, Are you going to truly just decide to let it go? That's a choice too, but then you have to actually let it go. Mm -hmm. Can't dwell Mm -hmm. on it. (laughs) No. Okay. And then you got me thinking about this and I know, I know we're segueing into the (laughs) self-regulating. We're going to get there. Uh, Okay. So how about this? Okay. I'll, I'll say this. For people that are listening who do not see themselves as emotional, is it because is it possible this is the area of growth for you? All of us have emotion in us. And is it possible that maybe you were raised not to have emotion? You're raised to suppress emotion, to behave with emotion. But if you feel like, well, I'm not an emotional person, is it could be that that self-awareness to wake up the self-awareness that I am an emotional person. It just looks different. Mm-hmm. And do I understand? Would I allow my emotions to come out? 
and understand them or or just keep them stuffed inside because I think that thing of stuffing your emotions or acting like everything's fine or being okay or behaving well mm-hmm. is that you're not being truly truly honest with what's really going inside going on inside right. you. yeah and in my personal opinion that sort of thing has a shelf life so to speak like I I understand that I'm only 36 years young, but in my experience in the world thus far, I have encountered people and had close relationships with people that I would say either them consider themselves to not be very emotional or that is what is observed by people around them. And I can say with a lot of confidence that in every single one of these visuals, individuals that I'm thinking of, that a tendency to shy away from their emotions or shove things down did bite them in the butt at some point. And there was a point in their lives where they realized like, Oh, I need to unpack some of this stuff that I've not been paying attention to because all of a sudden I am having a lot of problems in my life. Um, So in my personal opinion, that sort of thing has a shelf life. And, and I do Mm. think that, most people, you know, it's taking a risk making this statement, but I do think that most people will find that there is a time in your life where um, paying attention to your emotional intelligence will become necessary. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I, so good, Brenda. And also um, with that, if people are listening, go, but I don't want to be emotional like you, Karen. Right. <laughs> um no, that by in no way are we saying right. our level of emotion is the right way to it's do a it. Spectrum. It is. And it's what is your level of like just start the path of allowing your emotions to be part of your intelligence. Right. And just start opening yourself up to it. It doesn't mean you're gonna all of a sudden be this super or highly emotional person. That doesn't mean it's just that permission to actually include it in your life, include it in your intelligence. Yes. So yes. Thank you. Because it does after a while. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Good. (laughs) Well, I actually to tag on to what you're just saying to add just a couple more things. I am just in total agreement with that idea, and I do. I think it's you know like many things in life that we will talk about. I think that your emotional intelligence and how emotional of a person you are, it's a spectrum. It's going to be different. So just because you open yourself up to emotional intelligence does not mean that all of a sudden you have to be like wearing your heart on your sleeve and, you know, always having in-depth conversations about emotional intelligence on your podcast. Like that's, (laughs) it it can just mean that you're just aware of your emotions on a day-to-day basis and maybe you only have a couple throughout the day and that's okay, you know? So, so I, I like that you said that, Karen. Thank you. (laughs) Um, so self-regulation, let's go ahead and segue a bit more into this. Um, you know, we've alluded to it quite a few times at this point, and we did give you a quick definition, which is that at least a part of one, um, that self-regulation, you know, it's this appropriate expression of your emotion. It's your awareness of how your actions affect others. So it's, it's a little bit more of a a self-explanatory one, so to speak, in the sense that it's like literally how you regulate your emotions. Um, And this one, to go back to my story of my childhood and being a person that was always being told I was emotionally mature, uh, 
I think I realized for myself that I had quite a bit of confusion around the difference between self-awareness and self-regulation. Um, a moment ago, I was talking about how being this child, getting this messaging of you're emotionally mature, I was going around being aware of my emotions and being aware of how they might affect those around me. And so I was always being very polite or very mindful of how I was affecting other people and trying to like contain my emotions um, more or less so that they never affected those around me. And I thought that that was self-awareness, but that was actually self-regulation. The awareness part wasn't there. The understanding Mm. wasn't there, Mm. but this idea of being aware of how my emotions affected those around me was there. Um, so I do think that with self-awareness and self-regulation, at least for me and perhaps for some other people out there, there might be a little bit of confusion as mm-hmm. to which one's which and, mm-hmm. and how they play together. Mm-hmm. When, when you said appropriate expression, I think people who, who really invest in self-regulation if, invest in appropriate behavior. Mm-hmm. that this is a pro- appropriate um, to behave this way and that is inappropriate. And so mm-hmm. what I would say to self-regulators is self-awareness is not inappropriate. Right. It's not inappropriate. It is, t- it is real and it's, it, we need to understand it because it also lives in you. And what mm-hmm. I would say to self-awareness people is self-regulation is not a blanket, a wet blanket. It's not trying to stifle you or shut you down. It's emotional intelligence that that allows the understanding of emotion to remain in, in a state, maybe a calm state or a rational state, an intelligent state, a state of reason. So your self-regulating is going to create all this resource for you to fully, freely, freely be self-aware to be to express emotion. So it's like right. they're this, they're the both sides of the coin, they're the yin yang of each other, you know. Totally. And to go back to uh, Mayer, in the beginning, we said emotional intelligence concerns the ability to carry out accurate reasoning about emotions and the ability to use emotions and an emotional knowledge to enhance thought. So mm-hmm. to go back to this idea, you know, of, of what you're saying, to build on what you're saying, Karen, it's like it, it's just going to enhance the way in which you can communicate because you're you're via the self-regulation of the, of the emotions, um, as you said, whether it's like a calm place or a rational place, the self-regulation is like when you're taking the self-awareness and the emotions and you are starting to process them into thought and communication. And, and that's where that appropriate expression, I'm doing the air quotes around appropriate, um, that I think that's where that comes into play. At least that's what I'm taking away from all of this. It's like the appropriate expression is going to be whatever you deem appropriate after having understood and recognizing your emotions and then processing them through like rationale and logical thinking and thought and then deciding like, well, this is the most appropriate way for me to behave with my emotions in this setting because I'm being aware of how it's going to affect the other people involved. Mm-hmm. Um, small teaser for our next episode. Mm-hmm. The fifth one is motivation. And for me, 
this comes into play with self-regulation. Um, just this idea of when we go back to appropriate expression, again, with my air quotes, um, I think motivation comes into play with understanding, well, why are, like, what are you deeming appropriate and why? Like, where is your motivation for what is appropriate coming from? So I'm just going to put a pin in that for you all uh, and we'll dig into it in our next episode when we talk more about motivation. But I do think that it's important. Mm. Okay. And then the, this spider web of EQ. I want to go back to what you said about yourself and self-regulation because I have a question. Me personally, I was raised in a family where self-regulation was that was what you did. So you didn't, you know, you didn't yell and scream in the house. I mean, that never happened. We never yelled. Like we were not allowed to yell at each other when we were upset. That was not okay. But mm -hmm. so we had to always keep those levels calm and stuff. But that thing of self-regulating and keeping your calm, your emotions calm and all that. So I was raised that way. However, <laughs> I was embarrassed to say that I was emotional. I, I didn't want any, I didn't want to admit I was, mm -hmm. it seemed like such a yucky quality to have. <laughs> it right. seemed like it was, I just was like, no, I'm not emotional. So what happened was, is then I would, you know, I would have emotional reactions because I wasn't allowed to. I love right. my parents. This is not an attack on my parents' parenting and all that. I'm just saying that environment out of everybody, I would say I was probably the most, I was the most, I was highly emotional but I was in a culture and environment where I was, I was being trained, you know, I was trained to regulate it. So, but I am, I am emotional. Right. And so it was, I, 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 I felt like I didn't realize the harm I was doing with my emotions till later in life, you mm -hmm. know, for me. And I think now I'm probably, I, and then I think I swung the pendulum and went to self-awareness and understanding with emotions. And now I think I'm back learning how to bring self-regulation back. So it was good training. I think I'm coming back to it now in my late, you know, adult years now, but I think I swung the pendulum all the way to the self-awareness, mm -hmm. highly emotional mm -hmm. one. Yeah. yeah. So what you just described is actually very similar to the experience that I had as well. And I didn't even put this together until I was listening to you just now. But I think that's why I had this confusion between self-awareness and self-regulation, because I was somebody that had a lot of emotions, but I was also being uh, either taught or via example. You know, I was also in a household where being regulated and not making sure that you aren't, you know, affecting other people around you was um, the way to be. And so, again, I think that's why I was very regulated and I was making sure that I was aware of not letting my emotions uh, be shown, really, right? <laughs> um, but then, as you said, I did have so many emotions, but I couldn't understand them because I was like hiding them and stifling them. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I do think, again, this is where like that motivation piece comes in because 
similar to your journey, Karen, I also eventually got to a point in my life where I was like, okay, wait, I have all these emotions and I do need to understand them. So I really worked on my self-awareness. But in doing that, then I started to be almost a bit too uh, like internal or you know, self-focused sometimes because I was so focused on like my journey of understanding my emotions that I would sometimes not be aware of how that was affecting other people around me. So I was starting to lose a little bit of that regulation piece. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I think it's, it does come back to this, like, well, who am I doing this for? Like, why am I regulating right now? Why am I deciding to be aware of my emotions? And that, then again, that's where that motivation piece will come in because um, I do think a lot of times, especially in our society, it, it, for whatever reason, I think a lot of us do learn to try and hold our emotions in or to not show them or uh, whatever that may look like for mm-hmm. each individual. So mm-hmm. I think for us to understand like why we're doing that and if we're doing it for ourselves or if we're just doing it because it's something that was exampled to us or we think we're supposed to do it, where's the motivation? <laughs> okay. And this is really interesting what's unfolding here. It's funny eh? when we have these conversations, it's like the light switch goes on. You know? right. <laughs> and I hope, and I hope for the listeners too, that somehow you're vicariously having this conversation with us. And if you're here, the light switches would be going on you too. So I just had this thought when I became, when coaching became my career, I became a better coach the more I became self-aware of my emotions. I actually became a better coach. Hmm. So, and I've had people say that it's because I've had those, it's because you get emotional in coaching. Like I get, my emotions are part of the coaching. I Because <laughs> I just, I believe in you so much and I'm listening every single word you're saying and I'm completely engrossed in it and I'm so that takes emotion because and I'll be like no like you you know like I'm very like did you just hear what you said and I I just find I'm very like there with you um that was very empowering and freeing for me to know that I could use this highly emotional side of me for good to answer your question the motivation and like yeah who are you doing it for um because I was embarrassed before. I never wanted to admit I wasn't. I denied it. I'm not an emotional person. I, I fooled myself into thinking I wasn't. Hmm. And and also I was messy with it. And sometimes I was irrational with it. And sometimes I, I did. It was too heightened. And maybe it didn't happen all the time. But when it did, it, it, it was a good one. <laughs> you know? And then, but then when I found out I could use it for good... I was using it for good. It made me even more, and I go and lost that motivation, which we'll talk about next week, (laughs) but it made me want to self-regulate even more. And my journey to self-regulate brought me all the way back to my original roots again, but fully emotional. Right. I got to go back to self-regulating, but fully me, fully emotional. And that to me, that I this is the happiest and most content and most fulfilled I've ever been in my life it's because and I wonder if it's because I'm open I'm I'm open to both like I have my my arms out to both I'm going to say yes and to both sides Mm -hmm. just a thought 
What I like uh, about what you're saying, because it brings up a memory for me. Um, and again, I just think is a neat example of why having, we're having this conversation. It's, it's a cool example of why emotional intelligence and emotional quotient and putting your time and energy into developing this uh, is really a good thing because you found that you were able to harness your emotions to use for good. I mean, how cool is that? And I have this memory of when uh, I first started working at Fluvog and it was the first time that you were coming to visit our store in Seattle. And uh, Laura, I believe, who is a fantastic gal that worked at the Seattle store at the time with me, she's a tattoo artist. If you're in Seattle, look her up. She's amazing. Um, Her name's Laura Exley. Anyhow, tangent. She, when she found out that you were coming to visit our store, she was like, oh my gosh, you're going to love Karen. And she was like, she always does these exercises with us and then she'll have one-on-ones with you. And she said, you're going to cry and you're going to love it. And like, that was how she described the visit. And I remember like this old version of myself who's like self-regulating to a T was, I was really skeptical and I was like, why am I going to love crying? Like, I don't know if I want that. Why do I, why am I going to love meeting a stranger and having them make me cry? Like, I don't know if that's something I'm looking forward to. Right. But I, but then you came and I cried and I loved it. And and like, it all happened. That's so funny. And so I just think like, this is a really neat, like memory in this conversation because you can see like once you started harnessing this self-awareness and all of these things and you started using it for good like it really was affecting the people around you I I think every person in that store had a very similar sentiment whether it was she's gonna cry and you're gonna love it you know but everybody had something along those lines to say like She's going to dig deep. She's going to, you know, it's going to be intense, like that that sort of language. But it was always with like this hunger that people were making these statements. It was never like, oh, it's going to be intense. She's going to dig deep. It was always like, oh, my gosh, yes, she's going to dig deep and we're going to get into it. And it's going to be so good, you know. And <laughs> and so I think it was like a cool, a cool little anecdote to bring into this because you can see why putting your your efforts into building these skills and building this mm. intelligence, it is really important. And it it has an effect on those people around you and it can have a really positive effect and one that makes other people want to like meet you there. Because as I said, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I want a stranger to make me cry. But then once I was there, I was doing it with you and it was like so empowering and I felt so awakened. And I remember leaving that conversation like, I want to dig more into this kind of stuff because it was very empowering for me to more or less kind of be forced to go there because I was like regulating everything away behind a wall, you know, (laughs) and here you were like, let go a little bit, you know, and, and it was a really positive thing for me to have experienced. So that was just a storytelling moment. And I want to tell you that, it's uh, it's surreal to listen to it from my perspective too, because sometimes I couldn't regulate it, you know, even at Flubog, 
And so it, it makes me when it makes me encouraged because there I do also could tell you memories of Fluvog where I did not regulate my emotions and I didn't use it for the sake of others, you know. And so it just shows you, wow, like we are a journey. We are a journey. Cause I sometimes I maybe I focus on the, all the areas I made mistakes where I I, I missed the mark. And that's and so you tell human, some, right? Yeah. And then you tell that story, I'm like, oh wow, I, I forgot that story. And that kind of it makes you go, okay, you know, like even though I'm focusing on all the areas I'm of regret, you know, where, oh man, I wish, I wish I didn't say that or do that or act that way or made that decision or whatever. It's just part of learning. Like I do, I do want to look back on my pages and, and just autocorrect. Right. <laughs> so thank you for that because it, it, and I think for people listening, and I hope that's an encouragement too. I mean, is wow. When you self-regulate and you're self-aware with understanding it is a powerful force that can be used for good in other people's lives. So I, that we want, we want to be self-aware, self-regulated with understanding. Mm-hmm. We want that. Mm-hmm. And I um, think that people, I think that people around you want it too. I think if you approach situations with that energy, so to speak, mm-hmm. that, um, I think other people are drawn to it. They, they mm-hmm. most of the time they'll, they'll want to try and meet you. Um, if you give them the opportunity and the platform mm-hmm. in which to do so, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, another thought on self-regulating that I thought this part, I just absolutely love because it's i uh, I'm hungry for this topic is that self-regulating. So you have yourself aware but self-regulating is actually the component of EQ, emotional intelligence, that diffuses tension mm-hmm. in other in situations. So to be aware that you're emotional, to be understand, is not actually going to diffuse conflict. Self-regulation is the one that, uh, that will actually help diffuse conflict. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I really like that. So it diffuses difficult or tense situations. And uh, so I just thought that's cool too, is that we all have it in us to diffuse conflict. Right. And for people that are conflict averse, no, actually your EQ, you have all the talent, all the skill, all the capacity to diffuse and handle conflict. You don't have to run from it. You don't have to avoid it because you actually have the skill already in there. We just have to grow the muscle mm-hmm. and self-regulation and emotional intelligence is what causes brings that calm to conflict and I think I mean there's so much conflict around us all the time that it's nice to know that I have that tool to be, right. able, to, to be able to handle it I don't have to think oh I can't handle this no you actually can so it's, it's a form of emotional intelligence yeah and as well um a moment ago you said something it's not coming to me but uh just this idea that again, that the self-regulation doesn't mean that you're completely hiding yeah. it away though. Right. Right. That, right. Um, it's, yeah. I, I think just bringing that back <laughs> yeah. in, because again, a moment ago I was talking about how I was like self-regulating behind a wall because I was joking because that's not actually self-regulation. That was like too far. Yeah. And so that's that now you're just closing off your emotions yes. and you're pretending they're not there. So that's, We've talked about that too. And I just want to make sure that we differentiate that we're not saying those are the same things because they're not. Okay. And thank you because then that makes me want to say this. Enabling and placating is not self-regulating. Yes. If 
if you enable somebody's bad behavior or you placate to please somebody else and deny yourself, that is not self-regulation. That's toxic and unhealthy. Right. Where if you deny that you are an important part in that conversation or in that interaction, if you deny that and you submit to the other person and, and shrink down and allow the other person to dominate you, dominate their emotions, dominate you, and you, you're the calm one, you're the quiet one, and you're the one that's toxic, that's unhealthy, and that is not self-regulating. Self-regulating is self-regulating your own emotions. Mm-hmm. But to stuff them, thank you for saying that, but to stuff them is enabling, it's placating, it's denial, it's suppression, it's Avoidance. all these things, yeah. avoidance, <laughs> dismissing, it's all this stuff that it will eat, it will implode, it eats away at us mm-hmm. because it's not true, it's not truthful. It's not truthful. So self-regulation has to be truthful. It's associated mm-hmm. with truthful emotions, not the lack of emotion. So right. thank you so, so, so much for saying that. And as you said, it's a, it, it can be used as a tool mm-hmm. to diffuse conflict. And so if we're, if we think we're self-regulating, but we're doing that by avoiding or trying to yeah. not have uh, uncomfortable mm-hmm. feelings, you're avoiding conflict. You're, um, that's, that's not actually self-regulation because no. if you, if you're using self-regulation, it's actually a tool to help you through mm-hmm. those difficult moments. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have one more I want to ask you, and then I know we're coming to the end here. Yeah. Um, this one, uh, see, this is also a work in progress for me. Uh, being aware of how my emotions affect others. See, that one actually, I, I felt a little lump in my throat when I said it, because that also is new territory for me in the last five years. I didn't know that those times where I do have heightened emotion or those times where I have an emotional reaction, I didn't realize the impact it was having on others because it didn't happen all the time. It happened once in a while. Mm-hmm. And the power that I have to influence the atmosphere, the environment, the room, people, um, because of an emotional, something I express emotionally is not being aware of the impact I'm having on other people. Right. Um, rudeness curtness, meanness, coldness, uh, just throwing out something to somebody else. And they wear that. Mm -hmm. If let's say you're, you're in the grocery store and I'm going to exaggerate to make a point and somebody's buggy, you know, their cart is in the way and you go, Hey, move your cart. We're we're all trying to get behind, but you know, we're all trying to get around you. You're, you're blocking the aisle. You don't know what the effect you just had on that person. Right. Well, they're fine. I'll never see them again. Or, well, it's just so frustrating. I'm just so frustrated. It's like you can never go into a grocery store without people blocking the aisles. It doesn't matter. Self-regulation is being really aware that that we don't know what that just did to that person. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for me personally, there's many time, many stories where I justified it. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had the right Right. To get emotional at the state I was. And I can always tell when I've used emotion and I'm not pleased with it is how exhausted I am after. That's a good barometer for me when I know that I might have taken it too far is I, I feel this, I just feel deflated. I feel exhausted. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I, I, I overstepped. I overstepped. But the, the debris of that is still lingering. Mm-hmm. And that self-regulation is what am I going to do to make sure I don't do that again? 
right it's not helping so that was my last one I wanted to stay in self-regulation yeah no and if I can actually add a little bit to what you're saying um with self-regulation and this is full disclosure this is like a little bit of a pet peeve of mine when people do this so it's probably why I'm bringing it up right now Uh, but I have noticed that sometimes people will think that because their emotion is clear to others, um, that that also indicates some sort of understanding. So for example, if I'm like in a bad mood and I come in and I'm clearly in a bad mood and perhaps I'm even aware that my bad mood is affecting you and perhaps that's actually my intention because I think sometimes this happens because in doing that, I'm like, well, Karen knows I'm in a bad mood and so now she should treat me you know, accordingly because of my bad mood, or she should know that I'm in a bad mood, which is why she, you know, X, Y, and Z things are going to happen. Or she should know that the reason I'm in a bad mood is because the last conversation we had ended like this. And I think sometimes we assume that, or we forget, I don't know how to properly phrase it. I think I'm going to go with forget. I think sometimes we forget that the people around us are not us and they're not in our minds and they're not mind readers. And so I think sometimes people mistake self-regulation for like, they actually think that they're maybe that uh, them putting their mood out there somehow gives the people around them awareness. And so they like, they're like, well, yeah, I'm aware of how I'm affecting those people around me. They know I'm upset. (laughs) It's like, but no, that's not, that's not how this works though. Like, Now they know you're upset, but they don't know why. And they don't know if it's directed at them. They don't know if it's something that happened before you came here. And so now everybody else is also feeling upset, but you're not giving them any information as to why we're all feeling this way. (laughs) Okay, so this is a great way to end this. Okay, I'm going to use that example. Self-regulation would be, I'm in a really bad mood. I'm in a really bad mood, you guys. Really sorry, you may not want to be around me right now, but it's not you. It's none of you. This is all me. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So you know that you know this. Perfect. That's self-regulation. It's yes. not denying that you're in a bad mood. Yes. It's ownership of that. Own your bad mood as your bad mood. Mm-hmm. You own that. So another thing that I I really like when I do it. When I do it, I'm really proud of myself because I catch it. If I had a strong reaction, let's say, you know, whatever, and I have a strong reaction and I catch it, I'm like, oh, wow, wow, wow. Okay, lots of energy. That was a a lot of energy. That was a lot of energy. Didn't mean for that to have that much. And I just start making humor and I I talk myself down. Yeah, yeah, let me do that again. Let me do that again. Sorry about that, guys. When I do that, I really like me because I stop it immediately and that, so that the people know this, that was, I don't know where that came from. That was a little too much, but that's ownership. We own our emotions and we are accountable or I don't, I don't we regulate them because we own yes. it. It doesn't mean yeah. we deny it. So thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean to deny it. And it doesn't mean that we like the awareness of how you're affecting others doesn't stop at, I'm aware that they know I'm upset. 
Yes. <laughs> like it needs to go further. You need to yes. like, as you said, you need to acknowledge it. You need to address it. Or if it's you're upset because you're upset with that person, you need to use your self-regulation skills to diffuse the tension, but not just leave it out there. Mm-hmm. I know we've discussed this in a previous podcast before, but that's what I refer to as throwing your vibes around. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brenda, this was great. Um, you want to close us out? Yes. Oh, excuse me. I'm getting emotional. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I thank you for this conversation. You know, we covered a lot of ground today. And so to just quickly recap a couple of things that we discussed, we're talking about emotional intelligence, the emotion quotient. And that is what our episode today is about. And it will be what our episode next week is about as well. Uh, It's broken down into five main legs, self-awareness, self-regulation, social skills, empathy, and motivation. And today we just focused on self-awareness and self-regulation, and I hinted at motivation. So I hope that that was enough of a teaser to get you back for next week. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, we talked about a lot within self-awareness and self-regulation. I think for me, one of the biggest differentiations with self-awareness that we made is this uh, idea of really understanding your emotions. So it's not only recognizing them, but it's really understanding them and understanding if they're yours, if they're someone else's, uh, what they might indicate to you, what you want to do with them next. Self-regulation, as we were just talking about, this is more about your expression of your emotions. And we use the word appropriate quite a bit. Um, And I think next week this will come into play again when we talk about some of the other uh, components of emotional quotient. But this idea of appropriate, and for today we're going to leave it as the appropriate expression of your emotion that you've deemed appropriate after you've taken it through the process of (laughs) self-awareness, of recognizing and understanding, and then developing how you then want to uh, you know, interact with those around you with these emotions that you have inside of you. So this is a very, very hot, quick uh, <laughs> summarization of our conversation today. Is there anything else you want to add yeah, in as the last? Brenda. Yeah, we will see you at the next episode. <laughs> All right. Thank you all for listening. As always, please shoot us a message on Instagram at do that well, if you have anything else that you would like to add to the conversation. And we always love to hear from you via email as well. Do that well podcast at gmail.com. We're always here to continue these conversations because we could literally keep them going for hours and hours and hours, but we have to stop somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you all. And we'll be back next week.